Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Neuro Experience Podcast. I'm Louisa. I'm the host. If you're new, I'm so excited to have you here. Go on through and click the subscribe button. If you have been joining us for a while, welcome back. I'm so excited to have you here. Today is a solo episode. It's just going to be yours truly talking all about the benefits of exercise on brain health. This is a very, very important topic and very, very close to my heart. The benefits of exercise and physical fitness on mental health and cognitive performance has been very well documented both in clinical human studies and in rodents, but I don't think it gets the attention that it deserves. So I'm putting this out there because I'm seeing so many people loving exercise, which is amazing, but loving it for the wrong things, loving it to look good, loving it because, you know, it's the in thing to do. And unfortunately, we're not speaking about the brain health benefits that we receive from doing exercise, exercise such as aerobic physical activity and resistance training. So I'm sure by the end of this, you are going to fall in love with training for your brain. One of the best things you can do at the end of this is send this episode to an older adult, somebody who is close to you, whether that is your mother, your father, an older aunt, an uncle, or even your grandparents if they listen to podcasts. Or better yet, just deconstruct this episode with them because I assure you, you will absolutely go insane when you realize what happens to the brain as we age and how we can mitigate the effects of the brain aging process through exercise interventions. So without further delay, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the NeuroExperience podcast, where you will learn the science of human performance and optimization. So there is Very rich literature dating back at least 70 years from animal studies documenting the structural changes that happen in the brain. And then there's also other studies that show in humans that show changes in synaptic size, density, and the number of neurons in the hippocampus due to physical activity alone. When we look at the literature, we see through animal studies that exercise produces specific changes in the brain. And these changes are distinct from those that are produced by things such as reading a book or learning a new activity or doing or, or partaking in novel experiences. So before we talk about the effects of exercise on brain health, I want to first address the elephant in the room, and that is the brain aging process. So as we age, our brain ages too. It's the natural brain aging process that unfortunately we're all going to go through. And there are three key areas in which our brain will change as it ages. The first area is cognition. The second area is the structural side. And then lastly, we're going to see changes in the neuronal aspect. So when I talk about cognition, 
The normal aging process brings subtle changes in cognitive ability. Things such as working memory declines, our ability to think clearly, our attention and our focus, they all decline with age. And most importantly, our ability to make sound rapid decisions also declines. So that's the cognitive aspect. From a structural perspective, as we enter midlife, our brains change in subtle but measurable ways. The overall volume of the brain shrinks and it begins to shrink when we're in our 30s. That's scary. I'm in my 30s. With the rate of shrinkage increasing around age 60. So some areas in the brain shrink more and faster than others. For example, the prefrontal cortex. Okay, this is the uh, the biggest part of the brain. It's right at the front of the brain behind your forehead. That is the prefrontal cortex. They call it the CEO of the brain. And that is one of the things that, that is one of the areas in the brain that shrinks the fastest. Second to that is the cerebellum. The cerebellum is Latin for mini brain. It sits at the bottom of the brain at the back. And then the hippocampus. So the hippocampus is the little structure in the brain that's involved in memory formation. So the prefrontal cortex, the cerebellum and the hippocampus show the biggest losses, which worsen in advanced age. Our cerebral cortex, which is the wrinkled outer layer of the brain, this thins as we age. So the thinning follows a pattern similar to volume loss and is especially pronounced in the frontal lobes and in the temporal lobes. So the frontal lobes, again, it's the prefrontal cortex right behind the forehead and the temporal lobes sit right where your ears are, just behind your ears on both sides of the brain. So these areas is where we're going to get thinning. The areas of the brain that experience the most dramatic changes with age are also among the last to mature in adolescence. And this is actually a really interesting process in neuroscience because this this phenomenon has led scientists to propose a quote-unquote last-in, first-out theory of brain aging, meaning that the last parts of the brain to develop are the first to deteriorate. So we've talked about these structural changes. We've talked about the cognitive changes that happen due to the brain aging process. Let's talk about the neuronal changes. So a neuron is a brain cell. It's just like the cells in your body, but our neurons are a bit different. They've got a cell body, but they've also got an axon that comes off it. And that axon communicates with a a nearby neuron and they produce a a chemical, uh, I would say, synapse. And um, that's what produces thoughts and movements and actions and everything we are. So they're, this, they're a bit different to the cells in our body, but not so much different. So from a neuronal perspective, we have major changes. And these changes happen at the level of the individual neurons. And what happens over time as we age is these neurons shrink 
And because they shrink, they contribute to the shrinkage of cortical thinning. So neurons shrink and retract their dendrites and the fatty myelin that wraps around the axon deteriorates. So you've got the cell body, you've got the axon, which is just just imagine like a, a thin line. What coats that is this thing called myelin. You've probably heard of the myelin sheath. That is this fatty layer that wraps around the axons. And the number of connections or synapses between brain cells evidently drops. So if the number of these synapses drop, what does this do? Well, this then affects everything. This affects thinking, learning, and memory. Are you frightened yet? Keep listening. Okay, so we've just gone through the brain aging process. Let's dive into the literature on exercise and preservation of brain health through the brain aging process. Let's start with resistance training. I think that aerobic activity gets too much attention. You know, when we first started doing studies, when scientists first started doing studies on brain health and exercise, they started with aerobic physical activity because it was the easiest to study and because you could do this in rodents. So, you know, it would be very hard for rodents to um, lift weights, but they could get them on wheels to run. So that was the very first part of this whole uh, scientific field. So I want to touch on resistance training because there is solid evidence in the form of systematic reviews and meta-analysis indicating that resistance training exercise has substantial benefits for specific domains of cognitive functions. For example, when we engage in weight training and or resistance training, we see a pronounced release of specific neurochemicals And these neurochemicals trigger neurobiological processes which have an effect on the functional and structural brain changes. For example, we get a rapid release of myokines when we do resistance training. So myokines are muscle-based proteins and these muscle-based proteins are released from the muscle. So let's, you know, uh, let's just think of a bicep curl, for example. So you're standing up straight, you've got a dumbbell in your hand, and you're going to do a bicep curl. So imagine your biceps contracting. So they're getting shorter. So we're going up, they're contracting during that phase. The muscle, because it's under tension, releases these little myokines. And these myokines travel through the bloodstream and they go up and they have an effect on cognitive performance. And some of them can even cross the blood-brain barrier, which has a direct effect on the brain. So myokines that exist, that that get released during physical activity, more so during resistance training, are BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor, So this is a growth factor for the brain. IGF-1, insulin growth-like factor 1. Lactate, 
and cathepsin B. These are the four main, oh, and also um, interleukin-6. So these are the five main myokines that are released from the muscle that go through and act on the brain in both an indirect and a direct way. So you may be thinking, well, does this happen during aerobic physical activity? It does, but not as profoundly as through resistance training. And in fact, the most uh, robust neurochemical that is released during aerobic physical activity is BDNF, but you don't get the lactate, cathepsin B, IGF-1 and interleukin-6. Um, you don't get that released through aerobic activity as much as you do through resistance training. So let's keep moving on. What else do we see when it comes to resistance training and brain health? Well, we see changes in white matter. So something I failed to mention above when I was talking about the brain aging process is the white matter aging theory. So for those of you who have been listening to the podcast, know a bit about the brain, okay? We, we always do neuroanatomy 101 here on the Neuro Experience podcast, but bear with me while I just introduce the new folks to this. So we have both gray and white matter in the brain. The gray is on the outside, okay? And the white matter is on the inside of our brain. And this is where all of our myelinated neurons live. So the white matter tissue contains millions of nerve fibers or axons, and they connect other parts of the brain and spinal cord and signal your nerves to talk to one another. And this is where the fatty material that I mentioned earlier, myelin lives. And myelin protects these fibers and gives them the white matter, which is what it's called, white matter. So as we age, the gray matter volume of our brain structures thins, but we also see wearing away of the white matter. So as we age, we have a decrease in white matter and we actually produce white matter lesions. So that is scary. As we age, we also, the gray matter volume of our brain structures, such as the parietal and occipital cortices, they change slightly, whereas we see a severe decline in white matter volume, especially in the prefrontal cortex as we age. So I've mentioned that the prefrontal cortex is probably the first thing to go as we age. That's scary because I want you all to go and research prefrontal cortex. They call it the CEO of the brain, and it's basically the command center of the brain. That's where all of our decision-making and thinking and information processing speed happens. So as we age, if this is if this is getting worse and worse, if we're seeing a decline in this area, and that's the first to go, then we can only, you know, we can only think then, wow, as we age, our thinking goes down, our information processing speed goes down, many things go out the window. So these age-related changes in brain structure play major roles in worsening of cognitive functions, as I, as I mentioned, processing speed and memory. However, when it comes to resistance training, we now have substantial clinical evidence 
to show that resistance training can mitigate these brain aging effects on white matter. One study in particular, I'm going to link it below, so make sure you, you check the show notes. What they did was they got a they they got a group of adults, okay, and they got them to do weight training twice a week for 52 weeks. They got another group of adults and they got these adults to do balancing and toning exercises. And the older adults in the resistance training groups experienced a lower volume of cortical white matter atrophy and a lower degree of cortical white matter lesions. That is unbelievable. So atrophy is the shrinkage of a cell. So these adults who were doing only two days a week of resistance training had lower white matter atrophy. That means that their white matter over that year didn't shrink as much as the other adults. And they had a lower degree of cortical white matter lesions. So team, do you know what that means? That literally means that with resistance training, you can starve off white matter diseases such as multiple sclerosis within a year. Let's keep moving on. There's another study that was done with older adults who have MCI, mild cognitive impairment. Now, MCI is a pre-dementia state. So before you can be diagnosed with uh, Alzheimer's disease and any of the dementias, you have a cognitive assessment. And during this, you can be diagnosed with mild cognitive impairment. So MCI is a pre-dementia state. So in this study, they took a group of adults who already had mild cognitive impairment and they got them to do resistance training twice a week for 26 weeks. And guess what the results were? They exhibited improved cognition scores, which are associated with Alzheimer's disease. They also increased the cortical thickness of gray matter in the posterior cingulate gyrus. This is a part of the brain which is involved in emotions and memory. They also saw an increase in gray matter thickness, which then results in better cognitive performance. Okay, team, so where do we go to from here as we wrap this up? We know that aerobic exercise mainly improves cardiovascular function, and we know through the scientific literature that the effect size of resistance training on brain health is far larger. So according to this effect size, resistance training, which is a type of exercise, has a much more profound effect on brain function and may be a more important concern in order to clarify the beneficial effects of exercise on hippocampal neurogenesis and cognitive performance. And given the propensity of Alzheimer's disease in our world, you know, as we develop and as we go through the brain aging process, resistance training should be included as part of an exercise intervention for everybody, no matter what age you are, no matter if you are 30 or if you are 95. 
because guys, dementia and Alzheimer's disease and these neurodegenerative diseases don't just start in your 60s when you're diagnosed. No, they start in your 30s. They start in your 30s, they start in your 40s, and they start due to lack of resistance training, lack of aerobic physical activity. They start because of these interventions. So please do yourself a favor and go out and share this with an older adult that you are close with, your mum, your uncle, your father, a, a close relative, or even your grandparents.